psychology. It's more than a philosophy, more than a psychology, more than just an ecology, bigger than biology, larger than anthropology, brushes against astrology. That's prophecology. to read for us who we have here coming with us today. Absolutely, my pleasure. Calvin Taylor Skinner is husband, son, brother, cousin, uncle, friend, and follower of Jesus Christ. He was ordained into the gospel ministry at Mount Zion Baptist Church, Knoxville, Tennessee, where his father, the Reverend Dr. Johnny William Skinner Sr., is pastor. Calvin Taylor Skinner graduated from the University of Tennessee with a Bachelor of Science in Communications and then went on to the Palmer Seminary of Eastern University where he earned a Master of Divinity. Additionally, he has, learned, he has led initiatives and programming in higher education and diversity and inclusion, leadership development, and student success at Eastern University, Pennsylvania, and Bowie State University. University in Maryland. The passion for community organizing, intergenerational leadership development, faith, formation and diversity and inclusion expanded to the working as director of the Brotherly Love Youth Service Incorporated in Philadelphia. Skinner Leadership, founded by his late uncle, Reverend Tom Skinner, and aunt, Reverend Dr. Barbara Williams Skinner, program liaison and alumni chair for the Master's Series for Distinguished Leaders, a program based in Washington, D.C., founded by a cadre, of, a cadre of veteran leaders to nurture and develop the next generation of high-impact leaders. Special advisor to the former United States ambassador at large, for International Religious Freedom, Reverend Dr. Susie Johnson Cook, a national co coordinator for the Freedom Sunday, a coalition of the historically black national congregations and the Congressional Black Caucus centered on voter education and mobilization. He co-founded One Knox Legacy Coalition, an initiative partnering with churches and civic organizations in the Knoxville area to increase voter turnout and civic engagement. He is now leading frontline activism to hold city officials accountable for the police killings of Austin East High School student Anthony Thompson Jr. Through Calvin's partnership with Reverend Alicia Lola Jones, PhD, and their consulting group, Insight Initiative Incorporated, they have taken on events programming for Good Sense and Company in New York City, executing events with YouTube slash Google and the international renowned Tribeca Film Festival. In addition to event programming, Insight Initiative Incorporated consults individual groups on content development, diversity and inclusion, and leadership development. Let's give a hand for Reverend Calvin Taylor Skinner. Bless you, man of God. How are you doing this morning? Me. 
Oh, I'm blessed. I'm grateful for this opportunity to be with you all. Um, I cannot express, uh, Master Bishop, how much your ministry has impacted Alicia and my life. Uh, you have elevated in so many ways, more than words can describe. And uh, to you and uh, the prophets and um, uh, everyone, as they say, Lottie Dottie and everybody, <laughs> it is good to be here. Well, it is great having well, you. Now, happy. we're going to get right we're into this. Let's talk this. for a moment and then we're going to show a clip. Um, are you able to put us um, an earpiece in so we don't get feedback? Okay, let's see. If you can, that way we can isolate the sound. Let me make that adjustment. Hold on. Okay. And um, we're glad that this man of God is um, on the front line, as it says, in the area of the work that he is doing, because we need so many more people that That's are cool. on the front line yes. doing, doing the work of activism. Absolutely. And um, um, he'll tell us a little bit about what has caused him to get active in this particular um, area here and what, you know, what does that mean for us in this particular generation because it is all good, it's all God. Yes. And God has a purpose in mind purpose. for us as a people and as a community. But um, Reverend Calvin, uh, I know you're putting in your um, earpiece. Thank you. Um, one of the things I want to say here is that um, so much people put at risk to be activists. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yes. And I was just talking with Reverend Shropton, and I had put him in touch with um, Reverend Shropton, put Reverend Shropton in touch yes. with him, rather. Uh, you know, you put so much at risk. When did you first get into activism? Oh, shoot. I will say I first got into activism uh, as, a, as a young boy. Um, I was on a school bus, and uh, somehow uh, the uh, school bus driver, I was in uh, middle school, uh, the school bus driver uh, overlooked our uh, uh, schools uh, where they were supposed to drop us off. And so um, I demanded for the school bus driver to drop us off at the stop. But it was like three, however, I don't know how they overshot us, but it was about two miles away. Mm, wow. And he's like, well, I can't, I'm going to have to let you off right here. <laughs> but I remember the school bus driver, uh, one of the school bus drivers long ago said, by law, they have to drop you off at the designated place. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not going to drop you off where you, I'm supposed to. You either get off or I'm, I'm going to take you back to uh, the, the school bus um, you know, place where they park the school bus and you're going to have to figure out how to get home. So we get there. I said, I'm, I was indignant. I said, I'm not getting off the school bus. He takes us to the uh, where, where the uh, school bus uh, parked and the owner was in my face, a grown man to a young child demanding I leave the premises or they would call the police. At that point, 
I reminded him what the state law was. He had a conversation in the back room with the school bus. Not only did he drop me off, he um, he dropped me off right in front of my house. Mm. And so um, it was just always in my DNA, just uh, what has been instilled in me by my parents, uh, my family, uh, that you always stand up for what's right. That's good. Amen. That is amazing. Now, tell us a little bit about your family so people can see what kind of stock you come from. I remember your uncle as a young boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're Reverend Tom Skinner? Yeah. He was very active in the community, and he was like kind of had, you know, he was, he was black on one hand, but he kind of had his foot over here at the evangelicals and kind of doing things on college campuses. Tell us a little bit about your uncle and then also like to hear about your father because your father's a pastor as well. Yes. yes, absolutely. So my father, the younger brother of my uncle Thomas, uh, they come from, uh, a, well, their father and their, their uncle uh, were uh, pastors and ministers. And my father, who uh, actually served alongside uh, Gardner Calvin Taylor at Concord Baptist Church, and uh, they uh, named me in his honor, uh, has always been uh, in the pastoral role in, in various churches, now at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Knoxville, uh, Tennessee. Uh, one who himself in his own right uh, is an activist uh, and in many ways uh, has been a great mentor and uh, really reluctantly, uh, initially I should say, uh, came back uh, in 2017 to Knoxville after being in, in Washington, D.C., uh, working with my aunt Barbara Williams Skinner, uh, came back to Knoxville to work alongside my father. And it has been uh, a true pleasure, but I'm sure uh, your children, Master Bishop and myself, we can uh, trade some good stories. Uh, but my uncle, Tom Skinner, um, was a, a former uh, gang member in his youth, uh, came over to, to, uh, to Christ and uh, was uh, really zealous uh, about uh, tr really reaching people where they are, especially in the streets. And I always point people uh, to his 1970 message at Urbana. Uh, there was a Christian conference there in 1970 on uh, the campus of, of uh, University of Illinois Champaign at Urbana. And if you will listen to that message, the very social issues he spoke about then he might as well be preaching that same message today. Um, you just, you know, change a few things in terms of the events. Uh, then obviously it was the uh, Vietnam War, but we all know this, uh, the global wars we are facing now, uh, the social issues uh, around segregation and um, black people being dehumanized, uh, police brutality, all the same themes he addressed in 1970. Uh, interesting enough, we are still dealing, it, dealing with it today, really, truly an indictment on this nation in terms of uh, people can point to some progress, but in reality, uh, we uh, still have much more significant progress. And it's even for me, um, as we hear some of our politicians talk about uh, our country uh, not being racist, uh, there's too many scenarios to point to that uh, speaks to the tragic um, instances 
uh, that again point to where our nation uh, has fallen short, especially in the treatment of our people, black people, marginalized people yes. in this nation. Amen, amen. Let's give that a hand, and that's so true. Now, uh, you recently had an interview. Something has taken place in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, let's run this clip right now. Um, uh, it was aired on CNN, is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, CNN, they uh, followed us uh, for the weekend, uh, a few weekends ago, and uh, they captured the story of what's going on uh, in Knoxville, uh, just not centered, well, really centered on Anthony Thompson Jr., but really the conditions surrounding uh, what caused the, the killing of this young boy. Okay, let's go to this right now. Our city is in crisis. The guns need to be stopped. To know that in what should be one of the safest places that a kid should be, that their life can be taken away, that hurts. That's traumatizing. Some kids are trying to hide it. Some are marching like me and screaming loud and trying to let people hear it. Downtown Knoxville, Tennessee, where there are dozens of people protesting. They are demanding justice after the death of Anthony Thompson Jr. by police. Say his name! It's not that these students, these young people, don't care about dying is that we are not offering them real ways of thriving in life. And if this doesn't wake us up, I don't know what will. Right now, we're about to meet up with a 15-year-old who is a student at Austin East High School, and he's going to tell us what this past year has been like. It has been heartbreaking. You know, some kids are trying to hide it. Some are marching like me and screaming loud and trying to let people hear it. There's many of students at this school, but they could be feeling many different ways. Some could be sad. Some could be very ferocious and angry. We really are hopeful and willing to do whatever it takes to see change in the city. Yeah, yeah, it's messed up. Our city is in crisis. Take me through what the last week has been like here in Knoxville. Uh, this city has hit its boiling point. Uh, the killing at the hands of law enforcement in the high school bathroom of Anthony Thompson Jr. really solidifies for the community in this feeling of enough is enough. The 17-year-old was shot and killed by police after a brief but chaotic scuffle captured on this body camera footage. Police say Thompson fired his gun first, hitting a trash can in the bathroom, but others in the community don't believe their account. At the end of the day, we will we have found that the uh, shooting by Officer Claybo was a justifiable shooting and there will be no charges. Allen said police were initially called to the school after Thompson allegedly engaged in a physical fight with his former girlfriend. The former girlfriend's mother told the Knoxville News Sentinel she regrets making the police report. My kids miss him. You know, I never meant for any of this to happen. So I'm sorry. 
and hopefully we get justice in this case. What went through your mind when you saw the footage of the body cam? I was angry and I was just like, they could have done it a million other ways. Communication is key to anything, no matter what your job is, communication is key. You know, uh, many stories going around saying, you know, so many kids, it, it really hurts me to know that a lot of kids are being, uh, they're kids. Some kids might have, they might do things, but that's because nobody's leading them in the right way. It's really hard to um, change a kid's mindset or a teen's mindset with um, not even talking to them. That's why we need emo emotional support in our school. What was your reaction when the district attorney announced that the police acted justifiably, in her opinion, saying that they were acting in self-defense? Yeah, so clearly, uh, we know uh, where the DA is siding. We say that this uh, case deserves justice, but there is no justice. And to know that in what should be one of the safest places, that their life can be taken away in a bathroom at the hands of law enforcement, that hurts. That's traumatizing. Activists have called for a federal investigation into the shooting and the police department. Prominent civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump said his office is reviewing the case and examining the video footage. The whole damn system is guilty as hell. I'm seeing all these people look out yeah. to this group. Yeah. What do you want them to take away? What we are here for, just for Anthony Thompson Jr. Uh, the goal is to continue to disturb their peace so much that they start contacting elected officials as well and just saying, look, we don't know what it is or ain't about, but get it solved because we're sick of having them marching in our communities and our streets disturbing our peace. That's why it's no justice, no peace. Knoxville, Tennessee, Knoxville, you are racist. How long have you lived here in Knoxville? I've been, I'm born and raised from here. I've been here literally my whole life. Other than uh, my 15 years of military service, I went to Afghanistan, uh, two tours over there. That was crazy in itself, you know. I, I will say I'm 100% disabled to this day. Since leaving the military, Every has dedicated her life to activism, leading the nonprofit Black Coffee Justice, which focuses on fighting injustice and supporting candidates that align with their movement. Say his name! happening in the black communities and people like to kind of say well it's because of black on black crime mm -hmm. what do you say to that there's not black on black crime it's crime created out of poverty it is crime created out of lack of infrastructure and resources and so therefore you have a depletion or my favorite word that they hate defunding of a particular community governments who invest in social services and resources have lower gun violence lower poverty and crime and better thriving communities so I would say places where you see a high gun violence, probably look at those poverty rates and things like that. I bet they tell a story. Last December, the city approved a resolution to provide funding to boost economic opportunities for the black community and create a task force that will help develop future policies. I've been at Austinese for 23 years. Anytime a kid loses their life, it's like a family member. I mean, any one of my kids, my son could have been Anthony Thompson Jr. 
And so I, I weep, I wept for those mothers. It's tragic and it's extremely painful and very, very upsetting and I'm very angry that that child had to die. They've sent in counselors from across the district. There's been a counselor in every classroom to kind of, you know, work with us, to work with the kids, to kind of get them through it. It's difficult for them to open up. And we've gotten our kids to open up and they're angry and they're upset because they see things, they hear things, they experience things. Being a teacher at Austin East High School is not just a job, it's a calling. You, you won't make it. If you think you're coming in to save the poor little black kids, you won't make it at Austin East High School. So right now we are at another rally. This is for Janaria Muhammad. She was one of the five kids who've been killed in the past school year alone. And to know that someone would come into our lives like that and take our daughter is un unbelievable. This is Janaria right here. This is Janaria. This is her cousin Dada. This is a little aunt. You know, Justin. It's our fallen angels of the uh, class of, of you know, 2021. This didn't happen at school. This happened at our home. And she was targeted at our home. She got killed at home. She died right there on our sidewalk in her daddy's arms. No parent should ever have to experience this. No parent should ever have to bury their child. And the guns need to be stopped. There needs to be more education, more uh, literature, more something else for these kids to get involved in besides being out here on the streets. The event honored all of the Austinese students who have died, including Stanley Freeman Jr., Justin Taylor, and Jamarian Gillette. Right after the march, Ray's mother, Felicia Utsi, organized a showcase with the intention of empowering young people. We're motivating everybody to overcome violence through expression. That's the best therapy, I think, for people. So this showcase says, you got other stuff you can rap about. <laughs> Let's rap about life. Let's rap about love. Let's rap about hope. Let's rap about your pains and what you need. And let's get you an audience. Kim Magic, yes, I can magic. Kim Magic, yes, I can magic. My whole lot of coolest. My game got the newest. Every day we wanna do, we do it. Wow. Reverend Calvin, my goodness, standing on the front line here. Now, you teamed up with another woman there. Tell us a little bit about um, Constance, I believe her name is. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Uh, sister Constance Avery uh, is a dear sister of mine. Uh, you know, even interesting uh, how we connected. But she is a, a veteran, uh, Army, uh, done... Uh, did a couple of tours uh, in Afghanistan, uh, one who has uh, faced things in war that uh, many of us can even fathom. Um, but through uh, ways of support, uh, community and professional uh, support and assistance, uh, my dear sister Constance has really understood embracing her power and her voice uh, to speak boldly uh, to our community and really uh, speak to the needs of our community to address change. And how I come in uh, with her, uh, she isn't necessarily a believer, 
uh, but as uh, Christ uh, demonstrated in uh, his life uh, in terms of reaching uh, those people who we may not even necessarily, or those untouchables or folks uh, who we feel aren't uh, able to be changed, um, we've been able to forge a wonderful, beautiful uh, connection and relationship um, as it relates to fighting on the front lines. My goodness. What do you see that is different with this? I mean, because your father's a pastor, and I mean, he's come out of Concord Baptist Church, was right down the street from where I grew up at. I was a group, oh. I was on Madison Street. I was right across the street from Cornerstone. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, right. Baptist wow. Church with, with the Sandy F. Ray, yes. and then Concord, Gartner Taylor, our mm. landlord at the time, were members of his church. Wow. So that was down uh, about two blocks down. So I was on like, Marcy. Or, or, right, the, on um, Marcy yeah. Avenue. Uh, yeah, McDonald's. that's right. Marcy, yes. Yeah, Marcy, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marcy, I'm, I'm trying to think of this. I think that's it's Marcy awesome. and Madison, isn't it? Um, I believe so. Uh, no. What is it, Boys High School? Well, putting up, it was putting up right across yeah. from Boys High School, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, that church is huge. Oh, I mean, huge. They, they had, Batman's cave. They it's had um, also a nursing home there. Wow. They, they were so progressive. Beautiful. So, community oriented. Yes. And, and I think Dr. King may have spoken at Concord. I believe so. Absolutely, yeah. Um, their gardener, Calvin Taylor, and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King were great friends. Yeah. Uh, they were, in fact, actually uh, vacation together. Wow. Um, so uh, they, they were very uh, close like brothers. Yes. So what seems to be the difference between the civil rights of the 1960s coming into the civil rights today of activism on the street? Because, I mean, back then, the church was like the center of civil rights. I mean, yes, we were like absolutely. The pastors <laughs> were in the street with their flock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, so uh, certainly uh, with the movement now, as we know, even with the younger generation, in terms of their engagement uh, with the church, is not there. Uh, the expectation for uh, people in my generation to uh, have grown up in the church, but certainly connected to the church. Uh, the church they find is not relevant. Um, but to speak to Mount Zion in particular, uh, Mount Zion's history is that it was founded in 1860 out of First Baptist Church, an all-white congregation in Knoxville, three years before the emancipation. Our enslaved ancestors understood their agency, that they did not need permission, not even from the nation, uh, to establish uh, their own agency, their own place to express worship as they saw fit. And so they established the uh, first African uh, church and eventually became Mount Zion Baptist Church. So this is the legacy that I have embraced and understood that even uh, although uh, folks uh, in our current generation, even on the ground, uh, may not be uh, church, uh, Mount Zion has found its uh, place as, as the center, as the, the place that folks gather uh, before we uh, even demonstrate. Uh, this is the place where we um, collect our hearts and our minds to get focused on what we need to accomplish on a particular day or a particular week. Uh, so we know uh, that God is in it uh, because God is even uh, calling us to reclaim our place 
uh, in this movement currently. Wow. Uh, let's give that a hand. Amen. Thank you. And thank God for you being one of the associate pastors there that probably made it relevant. I mean, if it wasn't for you, the, the congregation probably wouldn't even be really present because I think we, in this, according to data, mm -hmm. we have probably the most unchurched generation that is yeah. happening, you know, today among um, millennials. Let me, um, you also got arrested here about a week or so ago. What was that like? Tell the people what happened there. Well, um, well, first of all, we have to understand that uh, as we think about uh, Reconstruction and the Jim Crow era, uh, that there were uh, black codes in place. Uh, those uh, ordinances and other laws to kind of, well, not kind of, really to keep black people uh, in their place. And many of these codes, uh, both formal and even informal uh, social arrangements carried through uh, to the 70s. Uh, but in Knoxville, uh, there was a particular code uh, that they found, uh, conveniently found to uh, ensure that they could try to mute us. And that mm. code basically uh, speaks to uh, there can be no disruption of a public meeting uh, convened by public officials. Interesting enough, though, uh, during this COVID era, uh, there are some anti-maskers of a particular hue uh, that have shown up to these particular meetings, jeering, doing all they can to disrupt, to make their voices heard. Yet, no one from that group has ever been um, arrested, nor had they ever been escorted out of any meetings. Mm. But unfortunately, somehow, uh, they found that this particular uh, ordinance could be used uh, for us. And so as we were there simply to peacefully protest, to put light on something that they are trying to uh, dismiss and uh, not bring attention to, we just simply um, stood our ground and expressed our displeasure as our First Amendment right gives us power to do so. And immediately uh, they arrested uh, seven of us, uh, one of whom was uh, Constance, uh, who you all saw, and myself. And um, unfortunately uh, for them, uh, for whatever reason, uh, our county, our city, uh, likes to be in embarrassing headlines. And it's actually that headline uh, that caught the attention of CNN. Wow. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We want to thank you for standing your ground in the mind of Dr. Powerful. Kelly Douglas' book, Stand Your Ground. Mm -hmm. And and him and a couple of other partners of ours are in this fight together there in Knoxville, mm -hmm. Tennessee. Um, another one of our partners have spoken out, um, Dr. Lundy, amen, and yes. uh, others. And we want to keep them in prayer, the Company of Prophets, because it's not an accident That's right. that we run into Dr. Alicia Jones mm -hmm. after 30 years at a conference, <laughs> at a proctor conference, and then yeah. um, I'm doing a prophetic word 
for Reverend Calvin here and giving him the word of the Lord and then watching, you know, and I spoke to him about children and elderly, and here you are walking out your prophetic word. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, it's simply amazing that's a topic, how, how, you, how you do so. Um, and, and again, words cannot uh, express uh, how you just have elevated, empowered uh, Alicia and myself uh, in this walk. But one thing I will you know, point out is that um, one thing even I mentioned, uh, you mentioned Dr. Lundy, who is our commissioner, uh, proud of her, love her, and what she is doing in her role. Uh, but she invited me last month uh, to do a devotion uh, for uh, the county commission meeting. And I came out of Isaiah 40, uh, where I embrace what I've come to understand as the justice imperative, mm. uh, that we are co-creators, we are co-workers with God, our creator, uh, to bring about structures, to dismantle structures uh, that oppress us and such. And what that has helped me to embrace is that we are cosmic surveyors, mm. uh, that we are called as uh, prophetic leaders, as those who are believers to survey the land, to survey the times, to discern the times, and that we are also metaphysical engineers. That is, God has literally empowered us uh, to create a new reality uh, that speaks to our liberation, that speaks to our empowerment, uh, to really make the invisible God visible in our time and our day. And this is what we are carrying out. This is what I seek to carry out as we go about the justice imperative. Amen. All right. How can people support you, Reverend Calvin? I know you do full-time ministry. I mean, you're on the front line. How can people support you? How can we get money to what you're doing and money to you personally? Because you must live. Yes. Right. True. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Well, uh, we have uh, started an initiative uh, called One Knox Humanity Imperative, uh, where uh, through this imperative, we are addressing the social issues of uh, food insecurity and in energy insecurity. Uh, we are uh, galvanizing our community, as uh, you saw in the video, around uh, frontline social justice efforts. And also through One Knox, uh, we are um, ensuring uh, that our people understand our political power. And uh, you can, uh, you know, do uh, my cash app, uh, CT Skinner, dollar sign, TC Skinner, uh, one, or uh, certainly you may go to our Mount Zion uh, Baptist website uh, to support our particular efforts in this social justice front. So they could do CT Skinner. One. One. The number one. Yes, sir. Dollar sign, C is in Calvin, T is in Taylor, Skinner, S-K-I-N-N-E-R. -E yes, C as in Calvin, T as in Taylor, Skinner, and the number one. Okay, and that's it to cash out. And um, we want everyone to send something to him. God bless you. And be a blessing 
in his life and in his experience. And, you know, he's like, he, he lives in two states. He lives in Indiana. You're in Indiana today? Yes, sir. And not yes, sir. Wow. He, he, <laughs> he drives back and forth between both wow. places. Like, wow. How many hours is that drive? It's about five hours. Five hours. Oh. When I'm going on the speed limit. We got, he's married now, but he was be dating and just drive for five hours wow. to go and date and then drive back home. Come on, sir. That's commitment. That's commitment. <laughs> hey, I tell you, wait, when you have a sister like Alicia Jones, as they say, you will climb any mountain. You All will right. swim across All any right. ocean. That's right. <laughs> Trusting God to get Dr. Alicia Jones. Um, we'll see her. We'll see both of you by God's grace at the birthday celebration. Yes, sir. We're going to get her to come and share time. at the prophetic conference. All right. Well, thank you so much. God bless you. And God we'll be in touch. All. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Drop a to keep in touch with Master Prophet E. Bernard Jordan, go to www.bishopjordan.com and follow him on all social media platforms. To get more information about the Prophecology Conference and or more special events, go to www.zoeministries.com or call 888-831-0434. Thank you and stay blessed.